Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Three Down Nation podcast. My name is John Hodge. I'm with Justin Dunk. Today, we're discussing Craig Reynolds' comments on CGME, Quan Bray's return to the Montreal Alouettes, and Lisa McLeod being open to the idea of a Canadian bubble for the CFL to return to play this year. But first, Dunkster, you've had a week to digest this XFL news that everybody is talking about. Our listeners want to know, what is the latest development on a potential partnership between the CFL and the XFL? Dude, Haji, you know as well as I do that this story has taken on a life of its own because there's not really much in the way of firm details, but you talk to people around the league and even on the other side of the border in the United States, and from what I've been able to gather, there was a sense that it was a long shot that the XFL even was going to get back on the field in 2022, and maybe not even ever, and a smaller chance, obviously, of 2023. So to me, that really shows that The Rock and Danny Garcia value the CFL because of its longevity and established franchises in Canada, and that this was an idea that they had maybe even while they were going through the process of purchasing the assets of the XFL that played football in 2020. So that's the absolute latest in terms of what I've heard in the United States. The discussions are well down the road, even though Randy Ambrosi wants to say they're just talking about talking. Well, that's happened for many months now, which is very crystal clear. Well, and if you ask Wade Miller, he'll tell you that this this latest development with the XFL has nothing to do with the CFL's financial trouble, which I, I'm not buying either. Uh, if they're down this road, they're down it for one reason. From day one, the CFL, in my view, has only had one reason to entertain anything from the XFL, and that's money, right? They need money. They need short-term liquid assets to help a 2021 season happen. Credit where credit's due. The CFL seems to be doing everything in their power to make a 2021 season happen. But uh, by that same token, right, if you have to sell the heart and soul of your league, right, we, we've had experts, pundits all across this country talking for the last couple of weeks about how, yeah, there could really be four down football with no ratio played in Canada as soon as 2022. And I know I'm a purist, but that does not sit well with me, Dunkster. How do you feel about that? I've gone back and forth, buddy, and you and I have talked about it a bunch over the phone and been texting back and forth and in our Three Down Nation group chat, and it's just a weird feeling to think that this is even possible. For a second, though, I want to go back to your point and expand on it a little bit in terms of the CFL needing cash flow for 2021 and potentially 2022 and even beyond, to be quite honest, because I really believe that's where The Rock, Danny Garcia, Redbird Capital, and the XFL come in, is that... In 2020, the League and the Players Association really felt like they had a plan that was going to be signed off on from a health and safety perspective, but they 
felt like, and not a lot of people will tell you this, but they especially won't go on the record, although they'll say they felt like they were left standing at the altar by the federal government when they, when they denied that CFL-specific package. Now, the federal government will tell you that they never really gave any indication that there was going to be money coming in the form that the CFL wanted it. The CFL could have gotten it in any of the other forms that were available to the general population or businesses as well. The Business Development Bank of Canada, the BDC, had a program set up that the CFL could have accessed. So they don't want to rely on government funds to get on the field in 2021. But Hodge, what you said is exactly on point. What are you going to give up if the XFL or Redbird Capital or The Rock or Danny Garcia, that whole team, is going to help fund your 2021 and potentially 2022 season in the future? That is what's going to be the major part of these talks, I think, moving forward, is what do you give up and what does it look like in the future? How does that change the Canadian game? And does that alienate the current core base of fans that you currently have? Yeah, that that's my view, right? Is look like like I get it. The business model needs to be tweaked, but everybody's talking, just taking for granted this this narrative that, oh, the 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 CFL's business plan is broken. Well, first of all, if it's broken, it's because you broke it a long time ago. Second, and COVID is not to do with that. It's because we have some sorry franchises that have had leadership over the last decade without the willingness and foresight to fix those problems. Are we really to believe that there aren't 25,000 people in Toronto who could care about the CFL? Last I checked, there's 8 million of them. How many do you have to convert on a percentage basis to give a damn about the CFL to make this league viable? Because a hardcore group of 25,000 Argos fans can help carry that franchise and through that the CFL to success. I'm not willing to give up on the business model. We just need some better leadership in place in my view. I'm with you, brother. And I know the bell went, but I want to get it in real quick. The marketing of the league has lagged, especially in the major markets, and the grassroots level has been missed for multiple generations. So I agree with you in that sense. People want to say the business model is broken, but it's the fact that the CFL has failed to invest in itself, arguably, because if you get those kids interested in the game, like in Enoch Mwamba, who was taken over and in awe of the CFL game, now goes back to play for his hometown Toronto Argos. J.C. Abbott, our boy, wrote a great article on it on the site. So I just want to make that point. I think the CFL missed the boat in itself and is in a way killing itself because they didn't put those marketing dollars in. That's what I'm moving on. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's precisely what I'm saying. The narrative seems to be the CFL was great and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and now all of a sudden it's irreparably broken. I am so sick and tired of that narrative. That, in my opinion, is a complete fallacy. Yes, the business plan was lagging, but the idea that the CFL can't be a viable business by 2025 or 2030 is ridiculous to me. The Rough Riders have $40 million in net re- or in gross uh, revenue every single season. We're community-owned. They got to report it. I think we all know they're probably doing some creative accounting so they don't post a giant profit every year. <laughs> but hey, maybe maybe instead of nine random teams just operating for their own best interest, maybe we could share some money. Maybe we could share the Great Cup revenue and save this league that millions of Canadians care about. Oh, it's not fine. Yeah, the players only get you know a, a, a teeny tiny little portion of, of revenue. But yeah, it's still not business viable. Give me a break. I'm sick of it. 
Agreed, buddy. And you can look back just a few commissioners. Mark Cohan tripled league revenues. That was something that Randy Ambrosi boldly set out to do was to increase league revenues by a lot. I forget the exact quote that he had, but he was talking all fat and sassy about it. And then now he's looking at potentially selling off the Canadian game for it to go elsewhere and be in somebody else's hands. So it's just really not ideal. All right, Hodge, man, we had to go longer there because it's a critical issue and discussion that's happening right now. As for 2021, Saskatchewan Rough Riders CEO and President Craig Reynolds told CGME, it's vitally important that we play CFL football this year. Whatever that number of fans is, it's not going to be break-even. This is a multi-year financial problem. Close quote. Do you think, Hodge, that we're at a point now where they have to play in 2021 to even think about this grand idea that they have to potentially merge with the XFL. I think that the CFL has to play in 2021, and I don't even care uh, what the plan is or isn't for 2022. <laughs> that is that is that is a, a completely mutually exclusive issue in my viewpoint. We need to have CFL football in 2021. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, I don't care about the CFL. Oh, my buddies don't care about the CFL. Well, the CFL hasn't played a damn game in 18 months. So, yeah, we run a CFL, predominantly CFL website. We're dialed into the CFL 24-7. Average Joe fan who probably watches a handful of games every year in the summertime because there's nothing else to compete with in the summertime. They're probably watching CFL, but right now they're disengaged. We need engaged people in this country. We need people who have spent the last year watching the NFL and, and, and the other sports offerings that are available to see a CFL game, see one of those rec, you know amazing finishes, see the great talent that this league has on display, and get people energized because, yeah... The, the CFL is going to be taking a financial bath in 2021. We all know that. There's no way they're going to get an 18-game season with fans at capacity. That is not happening. I think best-case scenario is you start with limited fans, and eventually you get to over 50%. Maybe you get to capacity in certain places depending on vaccination rates, but, man, it is imperative. I completely agree with Craig Reynolds. Let's get on the field, my man. I really feel like to keep the business of the league going, the main product that you're selling is the game and around game day. So you want to keep those corporate sponsorships and don't want that money to go elsewhere. Because if you go one year, that's one thing. And it's already happened, obviously. But if you go two, then those corporate sponsors are going to start to look elsewhere. And you're going to start losing some of that money and be hurt even more, Hodge. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. The NFL announced a new TV deal with ESPN, Fox, CBS, and NBC, as well as ABC and Amazon Prime, worth $113 billion. Hodge, unbelievable. It starts officially in 2023 and goes until 2033. Man, if the CFL could just even get $1 billion, they would be just fine. I mean, that's a bit of a pipe dream, obviously, right now. But how do you feel about this deal overall? I mean, it's obviously an incredible accomplishment for the NFL. 
Uh, somebody ran the numbers on Twitter. It works out to $40 million uh, per game by 2023, which means that one game of television for NFL is worth about the same value of TSN's entire contract with the CFL for an entire season. So in 2023, U.S. television production companies will be paying the same amount for an NFL game as TSN does for a CFL season, which is just kind of mind-boggling, to be quite frank. That said, I mean, obviously TV is king, and that's something that the, the pandemic has really brought to light, is the fact that if you can make bank on TV and and broadcasting rights and there's obviously some exciting opportunities with technology and and streaming becoming such a big thing as opposed to traditional television uh, you can make money and it doesn't matter whether or not you have fans in the stands so obviously yes the scales are completely different but if the CFL can find a way to get creative maybe have multiple partners long term they could cash in obviously not to the same extent but more than they currently are doing and that's the key, my man. A lot of people have mentioned to me that if they had multiple partners over the years, it could have netted them more money and also would have given the league more reach. If you had, and I know people have gone over this in the past, and it seems so top of mind right now, though, if you had a game on Sportsnet, one game on CBC, and a couple games on TSN, and yes, you know, maybe TSN still keeps the Grey Cup at the playoffs, then you just have more eyeballs in Canada locked in on it watching the coverage and on the other side of it you have media covering it right now it's really narrowly focused to tsn because sportsnet doesn't have any skin in the game cbc doesn't have any skin in the game do they have people like sportsnet's or rash madani that go over and cover the gray cup and the big cfl stories yes and do a great job but when you don't have the product in this day and age you're not going to do that. So I think that's something that the CFL needs to look into, especially from a streaming standpoint. If Amazon is coming out, and even Google apparently was in the bidding for the NFL rights, you need to get those companies bidding for your rights, especially in Canada. And then maybe, if this would have happened earlier, you wouldn't have to go to the XFL and sell all of the things that make your game unique. Ontario Sport Minister Lisa McLeod is open to the idea of a Canadian bubble for the CFL to play this year. Dunkster, this was your story. How does that help the league get back on the field? It really shows that the politicians are starting to come around. And some people, I don't think, took her quote the way that it was intended. She said Canadian bubble. So to me, that's exactly what's going on in the NHL right now with the North Division. She's saying, get the players into Canada, just like they did with hockey, and once they're here, they're not going to leave for the season. It's going to be contained all within our own borders. So the fact that she's open to it and there's three teams in Ontario, to me, is a big deal. And she talked about continuing to work with the league and being hopeful that they can work to a solution. And if you look at what's currently going on right now, obviously the NHL is playing. The AHL has gotten back on the ice, and Lisa McLeod right now is working with the Ontario Hockey League, the only major junior hockey league that isn't playing games yet in 2021. She's trying to get the OHL on the ice for approximately a 20-game season. So if they're going to play hockey with 17 teams in Ontario, yes, they're not as big as football teams. You would imagine she would be all right with three CFL teams operating in a safe and controlled environment.
Well, and there's some very encouraging numbers from the U.S. in that, you know, we had lots of, of and Chris or Craig Reynolds said he talked, to, he talked to basically every NFL team out there, lots of whom had fans at their games. There were no games that were affiliated with any types of spikes. None were labeled super spreader events. So I, I'm personally of the opinion, and especially with so many players on Twitter talking about how they've been vaccinated with the U.S. vaccination rates been way, way ahead of Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that, you know, may, maybe these American players will all be vaccinated by the time they show up. Wouldn't that be amazing? And uh, obviously, without uh, super spreading happening in the NFL, you'd hope that we can, at least from the start, get a few fans into those buildings. Lord knows fans want to be back in those buildings. I'm sure Alouette's fans were happy to see Quan Bray re-signed in Montreal following an arrest for possession of 157 pounds of marijuana in February 2020. <laughs> Is that a big deal? No pun intended, Odds? Oh, it's a big deal. And I think you said, you know, a couple months ago, that is a Brandon Banks worth of cannabis, which is a remarkable <laughs> comparison that he was shipping the same amount of, of cannabis that, uh, that, that, you know, that the CFLMOP actually weighs, which is wild. Um, but anyways, it, it's a massive deal. If you're an Alouette's fan, they shortly after he was arrested in February 2020, one of the charges was dropped. The other he paid a fine for. Um, and it happened in Texas. I'm far from a legal expert, but the fact that they were they were easy on 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 two young black athletes with that much marijuana, I I was shocked by. So I'm ecstatic that that Quan Bray is is free. I'm ecstatic that he's going to be back in the CFL. Because he's a great player. He is was absolutely sensational his first season in the CFL in 2019. 58 receptions, 118 yards, six touchdowns, and that was only in 15 games. So he was easily on pace for 1,000 yards. Um, to me, he was one of those exciting new players. People, again, the narrative, oh, the CFL's business is broken. Was I the only one watching the Montreal Alouettes in 2019? That team was exciting on the field. The crowds grew as the season went on. That seemed to be a really exciting place uh, and, and a place where the CFL was was having a comeback, in, in my view anyway. Uh, I think that Quan Bray can be part of that equation moving forward, and I'm excited to see him back on the field. Agreed in that respect. Dynamic player and a player that the Alouettes dearly needed back. Because you look at how successful that offense was. Obviously, Vernon Adams Jr. was pulling the trigger. But Devere Posey and Quan Bray were the field stretchers. And with Posey leaving to go to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you needed Bray back because there was no proven vertical threat on that Alouette's offense. So it's a massive move for Montreal. And hey, marijuana is legal in Canada. Can you have 157 pounds of it? (laughs) No. Is that a good idea to drive around with in your car? No. But I think what it shows is the laws are becoming more and more lax with marijuana in terms of not being legal. Obviously, you can smoke it and consume it whatever way you want to in Canada. But he really needs to know, and Danny Machocha, the general manager, mentioned that, that He's got to understand if anything else happens off of the football field, it could be the end of his career. In a move you foreshadowed, Dunkster, on this show just two weeks ago, Enoch Buamba signed with the Toronto Argonauts. What do you think of that move? I'm going to steal a line from my boy, Tim McAuliffe. We're here to edutain you, Hodge. We'll give you a little (laughs) education, tell you what might come next, and do it in an entertaining way, man. And we told you there was a reason 
that we put these stories out that if we think it's getting close or we know a team is really putting on a big recruiting pitch on a player, that it's likely he's going to go there. I'll give you an example that you can see how the betting line moved with our friends at Bodog Canada. Originally, Hodge, when we had that line from our friends over there, the Argos were a long shot. And then all of a sudden it gets updated and the Argos are plus 200 and sort of creep along as becoming the favorite. It flips to minus 200. So that was soon after our report came out. So I'm not saying we can move the betting line all the time. But I think sometimes we can. In this case, it makes sense. Enoch Mwamba takes a hometown discount. The Argos, I mentioned it earlier, are a team that Mwamba fell in love with growing up in Mississauga. And he goes there for Hodge. Can you guess the number? 95. Woo, you're pretty close, my man. $85,000 in what we'll call hard money with the chance to earn approximately $5,000 in per game incentives. But if they don't play 18 games, that's obviously going to go down. But $85,000 to put Enoch Mwamba in the middle of your defense. To me, that front seven with Cam Judge, Charleston Hughes, Cordaro Law on the other side, and whatever other Americans win some of those roster spots, <laughs> arguably might be the best in the league right now on paper. Yeah, the Canadian talent in Toronto is really starting to draw the attention. And by the way, Dougster, you said... Enoch Mwamba grew up in Mississauga and wanted to play for the Argos. That's strange because all I'm hearing from the media right now is that Canadians don't don't care about the CFL. They just want to play in the in the NFL. They haven't even heard of the CFL. So fascinating that Enoch Mwamba was raised near Toronto, wanted to play in the CFL, made the CFL as a first overall pick, and is now playing for his hometown team. That's a great signing for the Argonauts, and we'll have more coverage on that on the site. We're going to go to take a break, but when we come back, folks, it'll be time for Hodge's Heritage Moment. Welcome back, folks, to Hodge's Heritage Moment. On this day in 2008, the Montreal Alouettes signed free agent receiver Jamel Richardson. The Syracuse native spent four seasons with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders before spending 2007 in training camp with the Dallas Cowboys. Richardson's production exploded in Montreal, recording five consecutive 1,000-yard seasons and twice being named a CFL All-Star. He signed back with the Riders in 2015, following a year away from the game, but just wasn't the same, making 19 catches for 266 yards at the age of 33. Dunkster, I still think that Jamel Richardson, from his time in Montreal, is underrated. Dude, I agree. That span of time where he was so dominant in the CFL, it seemed like you couldn't cover him. And yes, Anthony Calvillo was great, but I wonder if it would have been a little different, maybe a smidge more tougher for Calvillo if he didn't have Richardson, because that dude was nearly uncoverable for a spin. It's time for the three-minute drill. Dunkster, the funeral service for Chris Schultz was held this past weekend. In his memory, Three Down Nation is making a $333 donation to Pure Later Tackle Hunger, an initiative that he played a large role in. I watched the entire ceremony. It was beautifully done. If you haven't checked it out, I would encourage all of our listeners to do so. And $333 is significant. Why, Mr. Hodge? I think we all know why it's significant. The three down game, my man. That's what we want to see continue into the future. I agree. That ceremony was extremely well done. A number of big name speakers 
Rod Smith, James Duthie, Michael Pinball Clemens, Mike Hogan, Paul Mazzotti was there as well. Randy Ambrosi was even in attendance, who was a former teammate of Schultz. So a lot of speakers and made the big man rest in peace. Mississauga native Brent Urban signed a free agent contract with the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Is that a big deal? <laughs> it is. He started three games for the Bears last season at two and a half sacks. He's one of three Canadians on that Cowboys defensive line. I'll never get over the fact that the Cowboys have more starting Canadians on their D-line than any CFL team. LP Latticure was released by Dallas on Thursday at the age of 40. The Montreal native was only three games shy of matching Jason Witten's all-time games played record as a Cowboy at 255. Does that sit well with you? No, it does not. Jerry Jones, what the hell are you doing? This guy has never missed a snap in his entire career. So based on performance, why are you releasing him? I get he's 40, but it doesn't matter for a long snapper, man. I don't understand it. Honestly, we should start a hashtag or some sort <laughs> of a call to get people behind to get Lattisur back on the Cowboys, man. It doesn't make any sense. I really hope another team picks him up. Former Hamilton Tiger Cat Eric Harris has signed a contract with the Atlanta Falcons following a four-year stint with the Raiders. How's that for a 30-year-old safety? Hey, I'm glad for Harris, but as someone who watches the Raiders a lot, that secondary was horrible last season. I wish him more luck with the Falcons. Former Calgary Stampeders general manager Rogers LeHue passed away this week at the age of 92. Did you know he was the one who got a horse on the sidelines at games in Calgary? Dude, I did not. But again, that edutainment, Haji. I love it when you bring these tidbits to the pod, my man. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment extended the contract of Argos president Bill Manning for five, count them, five years. Obviously, he serves in the same role, president of Toronto FC, the major league soccer team that is in the six as well. Is that warranted from the Argos standpoint, Hodge? I'll say this. Given the current state of the Toronto Argonauts, they need help. And I'll leave it at that. Thanks, folks. We'll, uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Three Down Nation podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.